0: Hello, and welcome back to Pursuing the Cornerstone. It has been a long time coming that we make another episode. So as Robert says, we're going to call this Season 2, Episode 1, because of our long intermission that we took. Um, Yeah,
1: life- I blame blame Cecilia.
0: Robert does not stutter anymore. Um, (laughs) Life got a little crazy for all of us. Our schedules no longer um, matched or worked
2: and- but we're here now so. it's
1: so literally because you had a kid you could have just you know playing your to do life with around this podcast or something my, i don't know my
2: life is a lot less chaotic than yours i think most I of the time <sighs> okay
0: so as you can tell we don't know whose fault it is but we're back now um and we're not just gonna hop right back into where we left off um i think we're gonna update you a little bit on what's been going on in our lives how the lord's been working um And just the way that we've seen him been moving in the past, I think it's been a couple months, four or five months or something like that. Um, So I've been told I can go first, but they're going to make fun of me, so just
1: be prepared. Well, first I want to know how cold the church is, or if you guys just don't turn the heat on during the week, or why you're wearing a winter coat, yeah, Cold in here,
2: because the heat's not turned up very high, only like 60 degrees or something, or less.
1: God doesn't provide the heat for you guys then, huh?
2: Don't spend money on heat, you gotta spend it (laughs) on (laughs) others.
1: (laughs) <laughs> my bad, my bad.
0: Um so I'll go ahead and jump into a couple of things that the Lord has been teaching me and showing me in my life um and then yeah, we'll just go from there. So I'm about to start second semester of junior year and mm-hmm. I oftentimes talk on this podcast about the struggles that I've had with anxiety and different things like that, and Cecilia's already smirking because she's going to laugh at me when I tell this story. No, 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 no.
2: That's not- I'm not laughing at you, sorry. I was thinking about what I was going to say, and then I was laughing about other stuff. It's not- Okay,
1: time out, time out, time <laughs> out. Can we- if before- can we have the lead-in of the story of the lips? So we, they understand your bodily The story issues. of the lips? How hey, your lips- were- Oh, Okay, so
0: I always have weird medical, I like the word anomalies happen to me. Um, so a couple of years ago, right before a basketball tournament, my lips randomly swelled. And then I kid you not, I'm running down the court. and My lips are flapping like I have Botox. So that's happened. Um, I get made fun of because one time I wasn't feeling well and I kept complaining about my tongue being hot. No one believed me. Turned out I did have a fever,
2: but I still haven't lived that Wait, one down. Hold on. Hold on. We also had to tell the story about how she was taking her temperature and freaking out because she... Thought <laughs> be
1: and, and then she Googled, what what, it, what does it mean if your temperature is too low?
2: Okay. I had, <laughs> I had
0: a WebMD problem. All right. Uh, thankfully, I've grown <laughs> past that and I've started to trust the Lord a little bit more. Thanks but, to Jesus. Yeah, seriously. Thanks to Jesus. But one thing that has been going on, and I had not shared about it before prior. <laughs> a lot of people don't even know that this has happened. Um. Is last year I had a really hard year of school. Um, I was like, we call it a PA, residence yep. hall assistant, and
1: LED can get you, Abigail. What? LED can get you.
0: No, it wasn't the LED. It was life um, <laughs> in the dorm and trying to handle a lot of other people's problems um, and a lot of weight that came with that. And as a result, <laughs> I I'm going to try to explain this. This is kind of tough to explain. I struggled to swallow. Um, And the best way I've been able to explain it to people before that I have told is think of the most involuntary movement where you're not conscious of what you're doing, suddenly becoming conscious to you. So I would start to swallow and then I would realize what I'm about to do and I'd panic. And so then it would just make it really, I don't really know how to explain it if you've never experienced it, but it would just make it really tough to swallow. Um, And that happened for over a year. Um, And it changed like. I would purposely avoid – no, Robert, you can't talk yet. I would purposely avoid, like, going out to eat with people. I would pick restaurants where I knew I could get something like a salad, something that I knew I could easily eat. Um, and a salad is something you can – sorry, time out. A salad is something you can easily mm-hmm. eat? Yeah, because I disagree. Like that, it was really hard. It was really anything, like, that had, like, dressings, um, like, pretty anything much – Anything that
1: would slide down your throat?
0: No, well, that's a bad way – stop making fun of me. That's a bad way of putting it, but, yeah. Um, Sorry, I'm I no. I just like, I was actually I really wanted to I go. didn't eat like any kind of breads for a really long time because that seemed to be what I so struggled with the most. Yeah. The
1: stuff that was easy to like chew up. Stuff
0: that was super easy to chew up. So like I always looked for like like if we would I could not swallow in the car, so if we ever stop somewhere I usually try to get like just like say, Oh, all I want is a milkshake. Like I would try to just detour away from having to try to swallow anything. Um and I spent over a year basically, like, begging God to do something about this. And it never got, like, any better. So for about a year, I struggled with it. Um, and then, so I started reading scripture in 2 Corinthians 12. Um, Paul starts to talk about the thorn in his side. And he says that he, um, it says that he, concerning this, I implored the Lord three times that it might leave me. And he said to me, my, sufficient, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast about my weakness, so the power of course may dwell in me. So I kind of reached the point this semester where I was kind of hopeless, and I just thought, okay, I guess I'm going to have to live with this the rest of my life. Um, and that's just going to be a reminder to me that I can't do things on my own, and I have to rely on God. That's kind of the point that I had reached, was I wanted to find a way to take this thing I was struggling with and bring glory to God through it. Um, so I started to pray about that and just almost an acceptance of, okay, Lord, like this is what I'm going through. How can I somehow turn this to better Your Kingdom to bring other people to Christ? Um, and similar to what Robert kind of went through this summer, where you know he couldn't talk on his own, um, I kind of realized that I can't do the most, one of the most basic human functions on my own. Um, like I, I cannot swallow without God, and that's such a bizarre thing to say because ever since you're a baby, like, you just know how to swallow. Like, you're not taught how to swallow. Um, and so it was something that I realized, like, I can't even do the most basic human function without God's help. Um, and so I, I started to accept it. I started to get out of the denial, and I started to say, okay, Lord, if this is going to be the thorn in my side, then let me use it to somehow always be coming back to you. Um, and not too long ago, I think about A month or two ago, I started to be able to swallow again. And as I'd been praying, I'd said, Lord, if you heal me from this, I'm going to make sure to share this with other people because I think there's a story of hope here and there's a story of reliance fully on God. And I haven't done as good at sharing as I was like because it's a super uncomfortable thing for me to talk about. Um, But I want to share it now because I think there's so much hope in that for over a year I struggled with something and on my timing, God didn't heal me. But through it, he taught me how to be sufficient in his power and not in the weaknesses that I have. Um, And I have journal after journal that just shows me like crying out to God about, Lord, please just help me to swallow. Like it's inhibiting my ability to be around people. It's inhibiting my ability to just function day to day. Um, And I don't live on my timing. I live on God's. And I have to believe that there is a reason that I continue to go through that. But I'm here today. I can swallow again. So hopefully we're praying it remains that way. But it's a super hard thing as a Christian to be vulnerable and to admit that you struggle with trusting God. And being at a Christian university, it's something I have tended to struggle with more because to say you struggle to that extent, it made me feel like I was like a super bad Christian or like I'd read the Bible, I prayed about it and I wasn't getting better. Um, And so I think there's just power in being vulnerable. And like, I don't even know if my family knew how bad it was. I think Cecilia maybe did it to some extent, but I would just encourage you that if there's something that you're struggling with, first, turn it over to God. And second, have brothers and sisters come alongside you who can encourage you and pray for you in that because there's power in prayer and you don't want to neglect that in your life. So that's number one for me.
1: Well, just talking about struggle, like it says multiple times, we're going to struggle. We're going to struggle. Yeah. We're going to struggle. So you have to realize that you're not alone in that by any means at all. Everyone has their thing. You know, some, and some people might label, oh, mine's not as bad. Well, that's not the point at all. It, it's, it's literally about the community, the Christian community, and coming together as the body of Christ and helping each other grow together and, become, you know, your weaknesses become God's strength through God. So,
0: Well, I think that's, I was reading um, Crazy Love by Francis Chan. And one thing that he talks about a lot is what if rather than praying for safety, we prayed for God's will to be done? What if, you know, before trips, we pray for safety, but what if that's not God's will? What if we start to trust God in that our life is not guaranteed to be filled with sunshine and rainbows just because we follow Christ? In fact, we're told in scripture that we're going to be attacked and we're going to experience things that maybe unbelievers wouldn't experience because we're fighting a spiritual battle here on earth. And, but here's the cool thing. And this is what I've had to come to realize is someone who loves control is it's not about being comfortable here on earth. And the coolest thing ever is when you're going through something and you can say this horrible thing that's going on in my life, I have the hope of Jesus Christ. And that is what is carrying me. And I think that in itself is—it's worth the struggle, and it's worth the battle. Because if I didn't have those things, when life is going great, I never rely on that. Like I struggle to point things back to
1: God. That's—that's that's why when I was stuttering so bad and had my physical limitations, I always would be like, oh, you know, I'm just looking forward to Revelation 21, because it in there talks about how in verse four he will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there'll be no—there'll be no longer any death, and there'll be no longer any mourning or crying or pain. The first things have passed away. So, it. The thing about uh, Christians and me in general is that we get so caught up in everyday life and trying to be successful and accomplishing things here on earth that we miss the point of Jesus dying for our sins. And that was the point of there's a second coming in which heaven is so much better than anything that can happen on earth. And it's really hard to keep that in perspective because no one wants their life to be hard or difficult or not what we expected. You know, we want it to be sunshine and rainbows. We want to be able to swallow. We don't want to stutter. We want everything to fall perfectly into place because, oh, we follow the greatest, you know, Jesus, you know, everything should fall in place because we're trying to do the right thing. But we're not promised a perfect life on earth. We're promised perfect in heaven with Jesus after he comes back.
0: That kind of leads me into the next thing I was going to share um, which I actually don't know that Robert and Cecilia have heard this. So here we go. Buckle up. No, it's not that bad. Um, so
1: Whoa.
0: <laughs> last – it's not as bad as falling. Um, last fall, I felt led by the Lord to change my major. It pretty much all happened within a day. Um, and I'm a person who usually ponders decisions for – No, it really did. It, it, it really did. happened within a day. Uh, um, I usually ponder decisions and – really think through them. Mom
1: and mom and dad are very happy that you changed your major. I, know.
0: I usually think through them for a really long time. Um, I'm pretty indecisive in terms of big decisions. But I, for the first time in my life, I felt very called into education, into teaching. Um, so I changed my major um, within a day. And I think I went into that with this feeling of, okay, God has called me into this. It's going to be great. It's going to be I almost think i thought it was going to be easy it wasn't going to be as challenging um, and then i started my education placements i started my education classes and i just felt like i was i was drowning like i it wasn't that it was difficult it was that i found no joy or contentment in what i was doing and i i struggled so much with the idea of for the first time in my life i felt like god had called me to something for the first time i felt like i was being very clearly led into something um And I struggled with that all through about the middle of last semester. And then I was sitting in chapel one day, we had a speaker, and he started to talk about um, Mark 4, 35 through 40. And he said, which says, on that day, when evening came, he said to them, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd, they took him along with them in the boat, just as he was, and other boats were with them. And there arose a fierce gale of wind, and the waves were breaking over the boat so much that the boat was already filling up. Jesus himself was in the stern, asleep on the cushion, and they woke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he got up and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, hush, be still. And the wind died down and it became perfectly calm. And he said to them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? The cool thing about this passage, the speaker was talking about, is he said, Jesus called the disciples into the boat. Jesus told them to get into the boat to go to the other side. And then the storm came. So just because God calls you into something does not mean that you're promised for it to be easy. In fact, you're promised to face some kind of storm. And I found so much comfort in that because I said, Lord, like you, you called me to education. This is where you want me to be, I believe. And then I started facing all these, these storms and these doubts. Um, and it's because I was trying to do things on my own. And it wasn't until just like the disciples, they became desperate for God enough to call on him. Finally, they trusted him enough to call on him. It wasn't until in my own life that I started to call on God for this, to become desperate, that I couldn't do this on my own. It wasn't that I had, didn't have the capabilities. It was that I was lacking that that contentment in this. Thanks. That It wasn't that I was lacking abilities. It was that I was lacking this joy. And a lot of times in my life, I've been blessed to be able to do things on my own, which I don't know if that's a blessing, but I've been able to do things on my own. And this was one thing where I could I couldn't do it on my own. And it was such a cool concept to me to think about. God called the disciples onto that boat, and then they faced a storm. And then, when they called out to God, He He protected them and He stopped the storm. So I got put into a boat, and then a storm came. And then, rather than calling out to God, I just would have rather sank than swam. Um, but then, once you start can to you imagine
1: him, the Creator of the universe saying, asking you the question, "Do you still have no faith after you've already seen?" all this crazy stuff he's done, but yeah. that's literally us, our everyday lives. See, I think He's working every day in our lives and yeah. yet we still yeah. lack the faith.
0: I'm sure there's so often many times in my life when God looks down and he says, you have little faith, how can you not trust me? You I've done all these things have for you. No faith. Even, even realizing I could swallow again, there's still times when I, I doubt God and I've seen him work miracles in my own life and I've seen him work miracles in others' lives. It is so easy to forget what Christ has done for him, us, and our, and the power that He has over our lives throughout oh. our day to day.
1: It's, it's, it's. There's so many distractions, and and we're. It's weird because we live in a culture that's so sinful that it's so easy to get caught up in that. And we see people who do things on their own, and they seem happy and content, and and then we're like, oh, well, maybe I should try to, you know, do it on my own for a while, and then it, You realize again that. There's, there's no happiness or joy or hope in any of that. There's no hope without Jesus. Are you, Is that is that number two?
0: That was number two.
1: Is there number three? I
0: mean, I'm sure I could talk for days about what the Lord is doing in my life right now. But.
1: Is this, is this going to be like a two-hour podcast that no one's I mean, ever going to listen to? I mean, it because absolutely could. But. One of those Joe Rogan six-hour podcasts?
0: No. <laughs> I mean, Cecilia?
2: Cecilia, do you have anything to say? Or are we talking too much? Like, no you're fine i'm just i'm just listening i guess i can add a couple things so i've been reading the second half of acts and like digging really deep and going through a commentary and stuff acts and is awesome um <clears throat> so i'm reading i was in acts i was just reading stuff about acts 13 today and i was reminded when you were saying that like going through a storm so and i'm sure we've talked about this before but you know paul was converted and he was really smart and he was doing great things as a Pharisee and he thought he was doing the right thing. And then God completely <laughs> transformed his life.
1: Can and you I was, imagine though, you you thought you were doing the right thing by killing other people. Like that is.
2: He was crazy, pretty jealous. Crazy. Yeah. So, and I was just reminded like this morning I was reading Acts 13 about the time where they're in um, Lystra and they think that there are Zeus and Hermes and they're going to sacrifice to them. And Paul's like, no, no, no. And then the Jews come and they stone him by surprise. And Paul either died or he almost died. And then he's miraculously recovered. And then he goes on to continue his missionary journeys. And every time, like the pattern of his first missionary journey is like, they talk to the Jews and then there's some Jews that accept and some Jews that don't. And then they, from there, they talk to the Gentiles and then the Jews that hate him are really mad. And so they run him out of town and then he goes to the next town and the same thing happens. And, just throughout his ministry like what it's really like fueling where he goes is because he's being persecuted and mm-hmm. it's not an easy thing and every time he faces these really hard things everywhere he goes but he never stops and he continues to press on and then he's shipwrecked and then he's bitten and then he's you know he does have that thorn in his flesh whatever that is and I think he's just such a great example because he was very messed up and very sinful yeah but God still used him for his own purposes and uh to One- Robert's point I was gonna say to Robert's point real fast no, you're I think social- Social media fuels so much uh, negativity in our culture and it uh, it forces us to kind of be lonely and it isolates us because we do see like I do this a lot like as a mom when I see other people posting stuff about their kids and I start comparing my kid to theirs like oh man should he be able to do this or that and I don't actually know what their kids are like in real life and I just need to be focused on what I can do to help Nathaniel now but it's really easy to get caught up in well my kid's the best and he should be able to do all this stuff too and just as an example
0: yeah that's my one thing i was going to say is i was recently doing this um, bible plan on contentment and one thing that the one question that's posed and i have it posted on my desk because i can't stop thinking about it is it says has christ crucified and resurrected on your behalf done enough to make you content today or must he do a little more um and i just think about that like it's, like, it's so easy in our day-to-day to forget all that Christ has done for us. And he gave us the ultimate sacrifice. And oftentimes we're not content. In that. And I think our world makes us discontent because there's always bigger and better. Um, and as Christians, if we're not almost like being a fragrance of an aroma of hope of what Christ has done, then are we just becoming the world? Like if you, if people don't look at your life and say, how are they still content just like Paul while they're being persecuted and their weakness? Then I don't think we're doing our job to share the gospel with other people. So I would just say encourage you too, like how how you approach the hard times in your life will be the most telling thing to the world of who you follow. Um, and I think that's just something good to keep in mind. And
1: yeah. You gotta think that that God just wants a relationship with us. And he he tried so many different things in the old testament to have a relationship with his people and they continually turn their back. Continually turn their back. So then he's like, I'm going to send my son, and he does, and he dies. And then in Romans eight eleven we read that, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the de- dead dwells in you. So the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is now inside of us. So he's like giving us that to have a relationship with him, and yet we still neglect that every day.
0: Yeah, but I would say, wild. I mean, the encouragement here, though, but too. But it's also
1: The encouragement is,
0: here, too, because I know I was like a perfectionist, I really struggle my walk with Christ because I'm like, I continually fall short. How can I call myself a Christian? Um, but I've been reading through the old Testament and I'm just now getting into Exodus, but here's the cool thing. It's everyone that God, God chooses to give his covenant to. They, I mean, they do some terrible things. They always, they don't trust God. They fall away just like I do. But here's the thing. They always come back to God and I think that's the encouragement there, too, is God never leaves you, but you need to make the choice to not stand facing the world, but you need to choose to turn and face God. And if you start to turn the wrong way, turn back. You know, like, I think there's a lot of hope in that we're going to fall short, but Christ has already done that sacrifice for us.
1: Well, let's, thanks to grace, and you got to think about David. Like, God talks about David like he was, like, the one of the greatest people to ever walk the face of the earth, but yet you can read through all the sinful things that david did but yet he's still regarded as this go ahead so
2: well i was just going to note there's a lot of evidence that points to the fact that a lot of those old testament heroes that we look to wouldn't have had the indwelling of the holy spirit so were you we actually have an advantage over them so mm-hmm. even david like think about yeah he was really messed up and broken
1: like like Bathsheba, that's like the perfect example like he sees a woman, he wants her, he takes her, and then sends her actual husband to death. And then God's like, okay, David.
2: Your son's not going to his... Well, and David yeah. paid for a lot of the crap that he Oh, yeah
1: absolutely did. Like, did. It yeah. was
2: some of the stuff that God did. Like, I'm I mean, not his, saying God the, was wrong. Didn't, but, didn't his son uh, end up dying through Bathsheba? The son, his, that son died. There was another sin. I don't remember. I think there was some census that he took that he wasn't supposed to. And yeah, God sent an angel one. of death and started killing a bunch of Israelites and... David had to go to war and he wasn't able to build the temple but God still took a broken David and called him the man after his own heart because David's heart really was willing to follow Jesus and it just shows and he sent sent
1: Jesus through him that's crazy too it just shows our
2: our natural tendency to lean towards sin and we all Um, and we all do that
1: that's why you have to pray every single day for God to take your fleshly desires away from you and truly work like you have to be intentional about fixing your eyes on Jesus it's not You know, there's that passage about fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfect of our faith. But it's not it's not an easy thing to do by any means. And you have to be constantly in prayer and intentional about it for it to be accomplished in your life. Well,
2: and I don't think and not that this is what you're saying, but just I so often get caught up in the idea that like as a Christian, I have to be perfect. And we are called to become more holy and more like Jesus, but we're never going to be perfect. And so I think we need to be open and honest about our mistakes and our struggle with because that makes it more real and a lot more attainable for other people, too. Because if they think like, oh, I have to be perfect, or you know, I'm struggling with this, and I and I and I can't reach out to somebody, like that's that's not helpful to anyone either.
1: <laughs> you gotta you gotta think that yes, we have grace, but you can read in Romans six, which is a great read, that just because we have that grace doesn't mean we should continue in sin. Mm-hmm. That we should recognize what Jesus did for us on the cross, and it could should cause a change in your heart to the point where you don't want to sin anymore because you understand like. I am not worthy of this of this grace and this mercy that has been bestowed upon me, and that my sins have literally been taken away from a man who didn't deserve to die. It's a crazy, and that's like that's like in, you read through the beginning of Acts. That's like the first the first sermon Peter preached is all based on that. It's like this man that didn't deserve to die died for you, and they were all cut to the heart.
0: Does anyone else have a life update they'd like to share?
1: well i guess i probably should talk and i don't know if i really want to (laughs) um yeah i just yeah so i'm recovered as everyone can tell it took a while um would you say the physical stuff went away in august abigail yeah like in terms of being able to physically
0: move and walk again and
1: move and work out and um just be with people Um, i wouldn't have to go lay down every hour anymore um so I'm extremely blessed in that matter but um the emotional mental stuff was really hard um they put me on some happy pills as I called them and um It was
0: anxiety medicine? I didn't think I, not.
1: Yes. Not. Not. <laughs> That's really crazy cuz they said there was a, an anxiety side to my injury um which I don't fully believe I believe it was a God thing because 4 days after I started taking that medication I stopped stuttering but if you look up how long it takes for that medication to start to actually block the hormones in your body that it's supposed to. It says two weeks, so that's not possible. So it was all God. Um but the lady told me to continue taking that medication until I saw her get in February. And me being me was like, no way, this stuff, cause it it was the more I read about it, the more I didn't I didn't want to be dependent upon this non natural drug that's supposed to make me feel better. So I started weaning myself off of it in uh, September. So I'd go every other day for a couple of weeks and I did like every third day for a couple of weeks. And that's when emotionally I was uh, not okay. <laughs> um, I'd get headaches every day, like five o'clock. I'd feel like I was spinning. Um, and it, it was just difficult because I'm normally not a very irritable person, but just little things would set me off. And I apologize to anyone out there that I ever snapped at because there's some ROTC people and people out there that I was not very nice to there for a while. And I truly didn't mean to be, but there was literally, I couldn't really control it. And I'm very sorry for that, but I'm forgiven thanks to the grace of God. Um, So I probably wouldn't say that stopped till halfway through November, like Thanksgiving. And then now I can truly say that I feel like I'm back to 100% other than forgetting things every once in a while. But everyone does that, I think. So I've been extremely blessed. And it was really tough because all summer I was like, when I get my voice back, something crazy is going to happen and God's going to show me exactly where I'm supposed to be. And then more than anything, it's almost just like I'm back in the same situation I was before. Which there's, there's nothing wrong with that. But this whole experience is, has shown me that I have to be fully reliant along on God and him working in my life. And there's I can't do anything on my own, you know, because I can plan out my entire life. I can try to do things on my own. I can pursue things that I want. But at the end of the day, if God's not in it, it's not going to work. And that's what this has truly shown me. And I'm working on getting my waiver so I can continue to get my school paid for and join the military, um, which that's actually almost through, hopefully, for my sisters right there, which is good news. Um, but it, it's just been a, a great experience of, yes, I had a life changing experience, but the, the the main takeaway was, is I can't do anything on my own and I need to be fully reliant upon Jesus. Cause I had some challenges on top of this injury this past semester. And then, you know, once again, I started trying to do things on my own and I wanted things. So I, you know, I tried doing things without really God or asking God or pursuing God in it. And, you know, those things caused more distress in my life. Um. So now more than anything, I am just trying to pursue Jesus constantly in everything I do. I pray continually. Um, and, you know, I'm still sinful. I'm, I'm no better than any other person out there in the world. But I'm just trying to be, get back to that intentional self I was when I first had my crazy conviction. And trying to share Jesus with as many people as I can. And go from there. So that's basically what happened to me is that God healed me. And what came out of it was I can't do anything on my own. And I just need to continually pursue Jesus. And if I pursue Jesus, good things will happen because even if this life is hard for me, I'll still have Jesus on my side, which will bring about Revelation 21, which will bring about eternal life, which will bring about perfection in heaven with Jesus. And more than anything, that's what I want. And that's better than anything I can get here on earth. Yeah. Did I miss anything on that? No. Oh, and God has blessed me to the point where my grades were perfect again. I. Went from stuttering and not being able to work out all summer to getting a 600 on the ACFT, which is the new Army Combat Fitness Test, which is really hard to do. If you look up how many people have maxed it, there's very few. Um, I've just been so extremely blessed that it's insane um, because I went from literally not being able to walk down the driveway at my house to not being able to talk for myself to getting straight A's to being able to communicate with people again, to being able to return to better physical shape than I've ever been in my life. And that's all credit to what God's to God, because there is no human explanation for what happened to me. And I just feel blessed to be able to go through that experience because more than anything, it's shown me that there's nothing better than, than Jesus. Yeah. And I can't do anything on my own. It's crazy.
0: It's crazy how that, that seems to be such a constant message we're having to be reminded of. And I feel like, A lot of times the things we go through is because God's saying, hey, like, (laughs) you think Mm -hmm. you can do this without me, but you can't. And I feel like that's such a constant struggle that we go through. And it's so cool to see encouragement that even if you're going through something super tough, like, God never leaves you. God is always there for you. And ultimately, you're just reminded once again of his great power and our great weakness and how that shows God's strength.
1: I always kind of think of us trying to do things on our own as like a lack of faith because we start to think, oh, well, God's not working, so I'm going to go work. But then I was, I was been reading through Luke and in Luke 12, in verse seven, it says, indeed, the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear. You are more valuable than many sparrows. So God's like, I take care of the birds. So why wouldn't I take care of you? But once again, that goes back to, we live in a culture that wants immediate satisfaction and so we pursue that immediate satisfaction, but in actuality, we're not guaranteed immediate satisfaction. So yeah, you might be lonely, things might be hard, you might be stuttering, you might not be able to walk down the driveway, but in in reality, that's not it's it is what it is. Like you just need to trust God and have faith in God that He is gonna He's working behind the scenes in ways that you can't even imagine. Yeah. And just continue to pursue Jesus. One thing,
0: Sorry, I'm gonna butt in one more time. Um. No? Another thing that has been. On my heart a lot recently um i started to read a book called prayer circles and basically the whole idea is praying big prayers in your life and the way that it's transformed in my life is i feel like a lot of times my prayers reflected my lack of faith um and i didn't truly believe god could fulfill things in my life um so i started doing this this thing where i write out literally the biggest even if it's like the furthest thing in the future prayers that i have had on my heart And every day I pray them with what I like to call holy anticipation that God will fulfill them in his time. And then I circle them every time that I pray for them so that I can go back and see just like prayer works. And God asks you to bring to him your struggles and your concerns. And he wants to be in relationship with you. Um, And we can talk about this all together. But one of the biggest prayers is... We have a family member who doesn't know Jesus um, and has gotten pretty sick recently and um, has a pretty hard heart um, towards the Lord and towards his love. And one of the prayers that I've been praying is that God would soften, soften her heart. Um, But I've tried to be even more specific of like, we see examples of God softening people's heart, even if it's in the old Testament Um, and praying with such boldness and such almost like, Lord, I know you can do it. so Show up in this way um, that He would He would fulfill those things and, and soften her heart. But that's another practice that I would just encourage: um, is make sure your prayer life reflects reflects that you actually have faith in God and what He can do in your life, and and pray big prayers because we serve a big God. Have faith that He can fulfill those. Robert, what do you have to say?
1: Luke, Luke eighteen three. There was a widow in that city, and she kept coming to him, saying, "Give me legal protection for my opponent." For for a while he was unwilling, but afterward he said to himself, Even though I do not fear God nor respect man, yet because his widow bothers me, I will give her legal protection, otherwise by continually coming she will wear me out. And the Lord said, "Heard what the unrighteous judge said. Now will not God bring about justice for for his elect who cry to him day and night, and that he will delay long over them? I tell you that he he will bring about justice for them quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, he will find faith on the earth? So basically it's like this unrighteous judge is being bothered by this woman and he finally just caves because he's bothered. But yet he doesn't have any respect for man or God. So he has no relationship with this woman and doesn't even care about this woman. But yet he answers her request. Mm-hmm. So can you imagine what God will do for us who loves us so dearly that he sent his son to die for us so we can be in continual relationship with him for eternity? Will do for us if we continually ask.
2: So. James five sixteen says the effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. And then after those verses afterwards, go on to talk about Elijah, who basically prayed for that it would not rain and then it didn't rain. And then later on, he uh, prayed again that, that it would rain. And he was able to cause the rain to come and the rain to stop. And if, uh, it makes me think about how weak my faith must really be because you know jesus talks about the faith of a mustard seed can move mountains That i've never moved a mountain and i've never caused no. it to rain or not to rain and it's just an encouraging like it is encouraging that if we are really earnestly praying that god's going to listen to us and he will he will do it but also like um i think we all have some improvements to make on that too yeah
1: well it goes back to abigail's swallowing like yeah you were calling out but you know well, God didn't give you that immediate satisfaction of, of being able to swallow again. But yet what you got out of it in the long run was so much more yeah, beneficial
0: exactly. than think, that
1: immediate satisfaction. Yeah,
0: I, well, I think in a lot of times when I was praying, I wasn't truly believing God would do something about it because I prayed about it so many times. I prayed about it nothing happened. So I came to a point where I was like, God's not going to do anything about this. I don't really believe he will. But it's really I think that's what that's one thing that I've been being taught a lot is. We pray and we expect the result that we prayed for. Um, but I would just encourage to pray and then wait for what God wants to have happen and be be listening to that. And whatever you're going through, like Robert and I have been telling stories about basically just weakness and our weakness. But if you're going through something good or bad, hit your knees in prayer. Like fight everything that you have going on in your life through prayer um, and prayer that God will actually work through you and in you and your life
1: don't strive for immediate satisfaction strive for eternal satisfaction and you will find so much joy and happiness that you won't be able to comprehend it
0: and then i think the world will see that as well
1: absolutely absolutely and that's when you get to like shine your light on top of the mountain and be like hey check this out
0: so would you like to give us a quick update on your life since me and robert have been talking like crazy
2: that's fine um I guess I would say I've been trying to be more intentional just about personal growth in, in the Word and in my relationship with Jesus. Uh, there's definitely been some interesting things going on recently. The first thing, which is really exciting, is we have really good friends who have been coming to church for about a year, and I've been meeting with uh, the wife for she comes to my Bible study, and uh, they hadn't been baptized. And one grew up Methodist, one grew up Catholic. And we were going to have some friends over right before Christmas and everybody else dropped out but them. And we got to have a serious discussion about baptism and salvation. And they were came under conviction that that's what they needed to do. So shortly after Christmas, they were baptized, which is, let's go. Was so very
1: Yeah.
2: And probably the most involved I've been in just helping, you know, come on uh,
1: in boys. The somebody, water is fine. Yes,
2: point somebody to, to that decision and, Just to see the way that God was able to work through Adam and I was pretty cool, Uh, and obviously we didn't do everything, and God definitely worked through other people as well. But it was cool to see that you know some work that I was putting in was paying off. So uh, that was exciting. Watered
1: the seed that you planted,
2: or helped grow. Yeah. So and and we're also going to get to walk with them, you know, in their relationship with Jesus after that decision too. So it's going to be cool to see how they're growing because God's already doing cool stuff. in their lives and convicting them to reach out to other people. Um, So there was a lady that contacted Adam a couple of weeks ago. She had some very interesting beliefs about end times, and I won't get into the whole thing entirely. Last week, he also, we think, has some pretty severe mental health issues, and she kind of went off the rails and came to the church building and was very she thought she was possessed by the Holy Spirit, I guess is the best way to put it. And she was speaking like she was God and she was calling herself God and she was doing some pretty crazy stuff. And I guess I wasn't there speaking in tongues and, uh, but she had this great feeling that God was working through her and doing stuff for her and that she had this message that she had to share. And I would just encourage people from that. What I learned is that you can have a feeling and feel certain things but that doesn't mean it's always from god and so um, i would encourage you to always go back to scripture and make sure that what you what you think you're hearing and what you think you would do is actually matching up with what god says and my final thing to share was i have a good friend who has been doing some living in living in some making some sinful choices even though she is a follower of Christ and I came under conviction that I needed to confront her about that and confrontation is totally against my nature and being honest with people and I would rather just, you know, continue to just let it happen and be friends and pretend like everything's hunky dory because that's the easy way to do but I I decided that I was going to talk to her about it and so I did that this week and it wasn't an easy conversation and it was very painful and just continuing to pray that she'll come under conviction and make some changes in her life. And that I can help her in that. But I was reminded Robert brought up the Roman six passage earlier about um, because we're under grace, should we continue to sin and and may it never be. And just the idea that it's really easy to get caught back up in that sinful lifestyle. And I struggled with the idea of kind of feeling hypocritical because I have sin in my life too. But I also encouraged her like, you know, if there's ever big sin in my life, I would want you to call me out on it too. And also was thinking like, I hate being told that I'm wrong and I hate it when somebody confronts me about like what I'm doing and being sinful. And so I think that's made me really think about the perspective of like, she really accepted it very well. And I I tried to, you know, tell her that I cared about her and, and it was just tough, I think on both sides. And so Jesus calls us to things because Jesus tells us, you know, to tell our brother when they sin and it can be really tough, but, I think we have to make that decision if we really care about the person because we want to make sure that their salvation is valid and that they're continuing to follow Jesus the best
0: of I want I would say that that happens through the church being the church outside of the building on Sunday. Like We're called to be in relationship. Uh, Sunday,
1: Sunday church. We're, what a concept <laughs> in America. We're
0: called to be in relationship with one another every day throughout the week. and. It's only as a result of doing that that we will know each other's struggles and vulnerabilities and sins. And it's through that, through that relationship, that then you're able to better hold each other accountable. But we have to make sure we're we're taking that relationship with one another outside of the church on Sunday too to make that happen.
1: James 5.19, my brethren, if any among you strays from the truth and, and one turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the air of his way will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins.
2: Yeah, and, and this saving souls this, from death. I was to say this friend of mine. <laughs> Stuff has been going on for about a year and she she was baptized about a year ago and she's still learning, but it wasn't something I didn't just like, you know, this has only been happening for a week and I called her out on it. It's just, it's been, it's taken time and I don't know, it's still tough, but I'm just praying that, you know, my efforts will be, God will use my efforts for his, his glory kind of thing.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely.
2: But, and just to speak real quick, just, you guys have been talking about contentment and. That's something I've always struggled with, and I'm just so grateful because I'm I'm finding that I am learning how to be more content, even mm-hmm. when things are difficult. And that's just because I'm growing in Christ and, mm-hmm. and who He is and who I am in Him. And so,
0: yeah, because yeah. our contentment only comes once we first find the cross. Um, you'll only be content in circumstances if you trust what Jesus is doing in your life. So make sure that in all things, we're turning back to Him and what He did for us.
1: More than anything... You have to realize, and we've all have different points in our life, and it happens to me continually because there for a while I stray from the fact and I start thinking things I can do things on my own, and then I come back and be like, no, I can't, is that you truly can't do anything on your own. And yeah, your life might be awesome right now, and you might be super successful, and, and you might have immediate satisfaction, and you might be happy and joyful right now. But I'm telling you, there's going to come a time where you're going to hit the rock bottom point, and you're no longer going to have that immediate satisfaction, and you're not going to know what to do and with jesus we we have the promise of that eternal satisfaction that you can't find anywhere else so that's what you need to pursue is that eternal satisfaction because with, with without it you're going to be completely lost because there's going to come a point in your life where you you no longer have that immediate satisfaction or that happiness or you no longer have the hope in whatever you put it in whether that be your job or friends or pop, being popular or whatever because like abigail mentioned earlier we have a family member who's 94 years old and she's done things by herself without god for 94 years and for the first time ever due to a sickness that she's kind of come to realize that i can't do this on my own and she hasn't fully softened her heart to god because she thinks she's you know Mitsubishi. she's so scared to die like it, it's 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 sad it's 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 awful to see right now because she has so, no hope at all so she's absolutely miserable and she's not going to be, you know, happy or content for the rest of her life or until she finds Jesus. Yeah. And so all we can do is pray for that.
0: Yeah. I want to share. So your- I'm going to read this. Can I share Go one ahead. thing real
2: quick? Um,
1: yep. One
0: thought that I came to, another thing I keep posted, um, as I was doing a study on contentment, I said, I came up with that contentment comes from a conscious choice to invite God to take control of your circumstances. It's a and faith required to praise God in the highs and lows in life. And I think it's important, like Robert was saying, to not leave out the highs of life and be content in that. Because at some point you're going to be on a mountaintop and then life's going to send you into a valley. So be content in God in all things and turn to him in prayer to remain in him to be content. Go ahead, Robert.
1: Well, here's my just my invitation here. And we're going to use the name Nathaniel in this because, you know, I love my little nephew. Which, where is he at? Why didn't you bring him to the podcast airing for season two? That would have been awesome. Because he can kind of speak now, so he could have been, like,
2: Because I couldn't going do wild. chase him around if, if he wanted <laughs> it for
1: me. He doesn't like to sit still at all. So this is from John 1, and this is when Jesus went to Philip. And so I'll start in verse, verse 43. So he's kind of calling his, his disciples. So the next day he proposed to go into Galilee, and he found Philip. And Jesus said to him, follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida of the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses and the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, Can any good come out of Nazareth? Which is hilarious. And Philip said to him, This is what we need to do. Said to him, Come and see. And that's what I invite all of you to do is to come and see the power of Jesus and how he will work in your life. Yeah. And how much better the internal satisfaction is than the immediate satisfaction.
0: Yeah. So... As you go about the rest of your week, pursue God, pursue contentment, and pursue the cornerstone. Come and see. Come and see. All right. Have a great week, guys.